This offensive line could easily be the best of the James Franklin era, and there's a surprise breakout star waiting in the wings to take over. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Yes, this offensive line is the best offensive line in James Franklin's tenure at Penn State because uh, of a few reasons. We're going to get into all of those in the first two segments here. And then welcome back special guest Eric Olson. Penn State men's hockey color commentator. Penn State's one and three in the last four, but pump the brakes. Don't don't hit the panic button just yet. We're going to discuss that in the final segment today. So Penn State's offensive line. This is the official preview from Locked On Nittany Lions. And comment down below if you're on YouTube uh, what you think of the offensive line and who will be the best player because I'm going to nominate a breakout star for you, somebody that I think is going to do very well in 2023. So the reason this is the best offensive line in James Franklin's tenure, it's pretty pretty simple. Overall talent, that, that's the first part of it. Depth. And there's there's a crucial part around depth here, though. So but there's there is a good amount of depth incoming potential with that pending breakout player, veteran experience. There is a lot of and this, I think, ties into it. Intelligence and awareness. These guys know what they're doing. Uh, they're not they're They're experienced. They they understand the game. And when you have guys like Hunter Norzad on the team, that definitely helps. So in 2023, this is the projected starting offensive line. Olu Fashionu at left tackle, guard Landon Tangwall over on the left side, Hunter Norzad at center, Sal Wormley at right guard, and Kane Wallace at right tackle. And then you have key backups like Drew Shelton, who started a few games at the end of the season with Olu Fashionu going down, Jimmy Christ at tackle, JB Nelson at guard, Vanga Yuane at guard as well, and then center Nick Dawkins. So that's going to be at least your, your first two lines on the depth chart. Right. And then you have the incoming freshman. And this is where the potential becomes uh, that much better because Penn State went out and had its best haul at offensive line in in honestly in James Franklin's tenure. Uh, this is easily uh, the furthest ahead and it's not even close. You start with Javen Williams, who is an interior offensive lineman, but they could kick him to tackle if they wanted to. He played offensive tackle in high school. He's a five-star, according to On3. He's the number one interior offensive lineman in the country, the number one athlete in all of Pennsylvania. doesn't matter what position, he's number one, the number one Penn State commit in this class, and number nine overall nationally. So he's the ninth best player, according to On3, and he's enrolled early. He's six foot five, 290, so he'll add that weight easily and probably get to 310, maybe 315 by the end of the spring season. And that just bodes well for somebody that could see playing time right away. Is he the breakout star? I'm going to save that for just a second here because we got some other players to discuss, and that is interior offensive lineman Alex Birchmeyer, another guy with extremely high potential, even as a true freshman. He's a four star, but honestly, I think we're splitting hairs. He's a five-star, extremely intelligent and for how young he is. He was committed from day one. This is somebody that is locked into Penn State uh, and wanted to be a Nittany Lion for the longest time, and he never wavered, and he helped recruit this class. 
uh, enrolled early as well. He's the second best commit in this Penn State class, six foot five, 280 pounds. Uh, so he seems a little lighter, but that is that only has to do with the fact that he wrestled. He's a, he's a state champion in Virginia. He he played down to maintain that wrestling weight of being under 285 as a heavyweight. So now he can add as much weight as he needs to. So don't feel like he's undersized coming in. Uh, he he will fit in nicely to the offensive line. Uh, interior offensive lineman Anthony Donko, uh, bigger, six foot five, three hundred fifteen pounds. So he already has the weight. They're probably going to ask him to lean out a little bit. And he moved his way up recruiting boards. Uh, a four-star, according to On3 and 24-7. He was originally a three-star. He's the seventh-ranked player in Virginia, in the state of Virginia. So uh, he's someone that will probably be a little bit lower on the depth chart, uh, but eventually could be a key contributor. And then the last one in this group, four-star offensive tackle, Chimney Ono. Uh, six foot five, 270 pounds. Definitely will need to uh, add some weight. Late addition. Uh, just recently, we talked about him in the second signing period and someone that was under the radar, right? Old Dominion had him and then he decided to flip to Penn State. Um, and he is a four star, according to on three and 24 seven and the fourth ranked player out of Maryland, fourth ranked player out of Maryland. So that's your recruiting class. And that provides uh, Javen Williams and Alex Birchmeyer are guys that can contend for reps early on. Anthony Donko and Chimney Ono definitely have a learning curve. Um, but they have just as much potential as anybody else. So who's that surefire breakout candidate? Uh, Javen Williams is the obvious type, even Alex Birchmeyer, but it's actually someone who is already on the roster and, and somebody that I've actually talked about on previous Locked on Nittany Lions episodes, and that's Vanga Yuane. It's it, offensive line, I, I know. It, it's not sexy to talk about these guys, but... It starts up front. I, I can agree with any football coach will tell you that, and that is the case. Venga Yuane, I fully expect him to start at left guard, uh, at least split reps 50-50. Landon Tangwall may not be 100%, and if he's not, that's going to open the door for, for anybody to take over. Uh, Nick Dawkins is truly a center, so he's going to stay there with Hunter Norzad starting. Uh, you do have the potential of Dawkins being the starter, and then moving Hunter Norzad back to guard. But I don't think that's the case. I think Venga Yuane is going to take over at left guard, at least to start early on, see how close Landon Tangwall is to 100%, and then go from there. But uh, Yuane is somebody that was seeing reps down the stretch. They didn't want to burn his red shirt. If they had had to, they definitely would have. Uh, they wouldn't have hesitated because – he was just that good. If they needed him on the field, they would have put him there, but they wanted to stash him. He's a human bulldozer. He's huge. Insane strength for someone who's still young. He's just a redshirt freshman. Uh, needed to improve his mobility. Did just that. Now he has one full year in the program under his belt. Uh, and like I said, they would have burned his red shirt if they needed to, but they wanted to save it. And, and if you ask the coaches about him, if you ask James Franklin, if you ask Grill Troutwine, they light up about him. So I think he can push Landon Tangwall for some reps if he's not 100%. Heck, I even think he could push Sal Wormley for some reps on the right side. Uh, Sal Wormley, yeah, he he was considering the NFL draft this past offseason. He's a veteran in the room now. He, Hunter Norzad, Olu Fashionu, Caden Wallace, they are the older guys, but I really do think that Venga Yuane, wherever you place him, he's going to be essentially that sixth offensive lineman, uh, like a Bryce Effner was a year ago, where he could come in, he'd swing in at right tackle, you could put him at guard. Uh, Venga Yuane is going to be just that. 
on both sides of the offensive line for Penn State. Uh, Drew Shelton is another one who could contend here, but uh, with Olu Fashionu coming back, he's going to anchor that left tackle spot again. And then uh, you have over at the right tackle, Caden Wallace. And Caden Wallace had a better season in 2022. Then he got hurt, and and now we're here. So Penn State uh, in a good position uh, to have its best offensive line in James Franklin's tenure. But there is a catch. I'm going to explain that catch in the next segment as we continue our preview of the offensive line here on Locked on Nittany Lions. Today's episode is sponsored by Bilt Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and calories, then you got to try a Bilt Bar. We've just got through the holidays not too long ago, and I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. And if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise all of the taste, then man, I've got just the thing for you. You've got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't even think they're good for you. Perfect for the New Year's resolution. And what makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That is right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now, you don't need to wait around to get a box anymore. For years, we've been talking about ordering at Built.com for your Built Bars, but now you can just go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today and walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Thanks again for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. Make sure you check out the brand new show, and that is Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko, your host as always. Eric Olson is coming up to talk Penn State men's hockey in the next segment. But we're going to finish the offensive line preview because uh, depth was a catch. Uh, in terms of this offensive line. I mean, Penn State made it apparent, and I thought it was interesting because if they knew that Caden Wallace was coming back, right? If Caden Wallace was going to come back and and start at right tackle, and you have all these offensive linemen, you have four of them now uh, coming in through uh, the class of 2023, why would you go looking in the transfer portal for an instant impact offensive lineman or at least a depth piece, somebody that could start that had starting potential? Uh, Because the 2022 group was making strides, that was honestly the best group that James Franklin had in his career. And now this 2023 group is going to be even better because Olu Fashionu had that breakout season. Olu Fashionu, so good that he became a top 10 NFL pick in mock drafts. Some people had him at number five going to the Washington Commanders. That's how good he was. Uh, But here's the catch here with depth, and it's like anything else injuries if penn state uh loses as many players as it did a year ago then it could be in trouble because while you have the potential you also have the inexperience uh, javen williams alex birchmeyer anthony donko chimney ono as good as they are uh, they're not they're not immediately day one starters by uh, some more ahead than others but 
you lost Olu Fashionu last year. Uh, I I heard that he could have played in the Rose Bowl. That I mean, he he suited up for practice. They wanted to get him. James Franklin said this in his press conference, but they didn't want to push it. Caden Wallace came back and played, had a really good game in the Rose Bowl. Landon Tangwall was out for the season. Is he going to be 100% in 2023? Uh, Sal Wormley was banged up through a majority of the season, and then they had Nick Dawkins out for the year. Uh, they're also losing a, a couple key contributors, one of which was a starter, Juice Scruggs, uh, going into the NFL draft. And then Bryce Effner retired. He could have came back, but it seems like, uh, you know, health and everything, uh, medical issues caught up to him, and, and he decided to step away from football. So, yeah, you have Caden Wallace and Sal Wormley and Olu Fashion and Landon Tangwall back, uh, but any of those guys that, if, you know, all four of them dealt with injury problems in 2022. And if they're going to miss some time, you know, maybe it would be worthwhile for Penn State to consider going and getting one more guy, just one more guy with some playing experience to come into the Penn State offensive line room. Because offensive line, like anything else, especially the way that Penn State likes to handle the running back position, wide receiver, and the defensive line specifically. They like to rotate position groups in. They like to rotate essentially uh, A and a B group. As far as offensive line, they want to keep the chemistry. They want to have that. They want to have those first five starters out there. But also at the same time, also at the same time, they want guys that can come in and basically play like they hadn't missed a beat, where that chemistry is still there. You want to be able to have seven or eight options that could go in at any time and play symmetrically, play smoothly, and what have you. And is Penn State going to have that? That is truly the catch here. So, yes, um, this team has depth, but not as much experience depth. And a few injuries, like any position, could, could really set back this group. So it is the best in James Franklin's tenure. That, that's easy to say because you have a top five pick. You have a number one offensive lineman. Uh, over at left tackle, you have now a lot of interior offensive line depth, uh, a lot of it. You're, you're two deep, three deep at center, I would say. Uh, your guards between J.B. Nelson and Venga Yuane backing up Sal Wormley, uh, Landon Tangwall, you don't have to rush him back. So these are all good things. And then for, for those people that don't believe in Caden Wallace, I think he's the starter. You know, he's been here now for, for five years. I think that Caden Wallace is a guy that we can trust at right tackle. But if you don't believe that, then a guy like Javen Williams and Alex Birchmeyer can push him out there. You know, they can push the competition. A Drew Shelton can. Uh, that's somebody with Olu Fashion who coming back. Maybe you kick Drew Shelton over to the right side and he becomes a starter. So you, you finally have that situation where it wasn't, Years ago, where the scholarships were lacking, you, you didn't have a full roster of scholarship players, and the offensive line was really limited because of that. Now, and, and we know the circumstances around it, but now you don't have that issue of depth. You don't have that issue. You can have open competition. You can have good competition to decide and motivate and continue to get players, uh, get the best out of them. Uh, so, but just kind of like anything else, uh, injuries took a toll on them last year. Uh, it could take a toll on them this year. Uh, and hopefully some of those freshmen get enough experience, get enough reps that they're ready to go. Uh, like a Drew Shelton, if at the drop of a hat, you might be starting, uh, one, one Saturday, whether you expect it or not. It is locked on Nittany Lions, Penn state men's hockey still in the top five in the pairwise rankings to get set up for the NCAA tournament. 
but don't hit the panic button. Even though they're one and three in their last four, they played some tough teams, and we're going to welcome on Eric Olson to explain all of that next. Today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports book betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America. That is FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that is even better. They have so many great features that make sports betting easy and fun. Download FanDuel so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to the point spread to who will score a touchdown. I like the Eagles minus one and a half in Super Bowl 57. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get your winnings paid instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet for Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lines. My name is Zach Seiko, your host, and I am joined once again. It is a privilege to welcome back special guest, Penn State men's hockey color commentator alongside Brian Tripp, and that is Eric Olson. Eric, thanks again for your time to talk some ice hockey. Yeah, of course, Zach. Thanks for having me back. Well, I mean, it's fitting because the Nittany Lions are coming off of two very tough series, and I know people, at least the casual fan, might walk away and say, well, they just went one and three. How good is this team? Are they really where they need to be? Uh, but they were on the road. A- and Michigan and Ohio State are both top 10, uh, whatever ranking list you look at, whether that's the NCAAs or you look at the pairwise, which is the most important with what we'd agreed on. So uh, let's start with Michigan. I know that was further out, but uh, to to be swept on the road, and this is a team that you're trying to overcome because it's been Michigan and Notre Dame and Minnesota, basically a combination of those three for the past few years. And particularly everyone looks to Michigan uh, as that standard and Penn state drops both of them. And a little concerning for me because they were leading game two uh, game one was a wash, you know, Michigan played that played their hearts out, but game two, you're going into the, you're, you're leading in that game and then you ultimately blow it. So it was that any of, of any concern for you? Where, where did Penn State really let down in that Michigan series? To be honest, it's, it's not much of a concern. And I say that because until you've gone and watched a game in Yost Ice Arena, it's hard to understand what it's like to play in there. And there's just there's some sort of curse in that building. I don't know what it is. It's hard for Penn State to win. In that building, they've only done it three times since they started playing Michigan. It's just really hard to do. Michigan plays really well at home. They have Penn State's number. So then you start looking at, okay, how did this all go down? The Friday night game, Penn State had a season high shot total uh, of 54. They absolutely dominated the, the game, really. When you look at the numbers, they dominated Michigan in terms of shots. They held the Wolverines to under 30 shots held them to very few attempts. The difference in that game was the Wolverines scored on their quality opportunities. Penn State had a couple breakdowns defensively that led to some good shooting opportunities. And Michigan is just loaded with shooting talent up and down their lineup, offensively and defensively. So they put some goals in, and all of a sudden you you find yourself in a hole, even though you were playing so well. You were controlling play. You were getting a lot of shots. 
Penn State didn't capitalize on its grade-A opportunities in that game. Michigan did. That was really the difference. So you say, okay, well, you know, Penn State played pretty well just on the, the bad end of a result. Let's see if they can go out and play like that in night two on Saturday. That game comes around, and Penn State scores two goals in the first minute of the game, and they scored them on quality opportunities. A couple odd man rushes, really good breakouts. Boom, all of a sudden they have a 2 nothing lead. That's a little bit dangerous because now you have a lead, but it's so early in the game that there's just so much time left that it can be bad to be up that early if you aren't in a position to handle that mentally and physically. And as that game went on, Michigan was the better team. They started taking the game to Penn State. And look, they have some unreal talent. Luke Hughes is one of the best players in college hockey. Adam Fantilli, who's probably going to go second overall in the draft this year, is a phenomenal player as well. They took over that game. Those two guys did. Of course, Luke Hughes had the four goals. He has a great shot. He can skate really well. Penn State just struggled to maintain possession and keeping it in the attacking zone. It allowed Michigan to get better as the game went on. And things can snowball in that arena, and I think that's what we saw that series. So I, I don't think it's bad. It looks bad that you got swept the way it went down mm-hmm. just by looking at the score sheet, but I think if you really look at exactly what happened, what were the circumstances, oh, and of course, Friday night they lose Ben Schoen to that scary injury. His season is done now. They've been playing shorthanded uh, over these past few games, so that's certainly leading to some of the struggles. But in my mind, it, it looks bad, but it's not a bad result to me. And I'm glad you brought that up about Schoen um, because he's been such an integral part of Penn State this year. Again, uh, just someone they've been able to rely on, but they, they have a lot of depth, but you definitely don't want to lose uh, him particularly or any of those key contributors. And Michigan currently number four in the pairwise. So this isn't a bad loss, is right. a bad series loss by any stretch of the imagination. Penn State men's ice hockey color commentator Eric Olson is with us here on Locked on Nittany Lines. I am Zach Seiko. Now, Ohio State. Currently number eight in the pairwise. Penn State's number five. Uh, and they split the series out in Columbus. So to get a win on the road, uh, that's important to bounce back the way they did after being swept out in Ann Arbor. But uh, again, I felt like Penn State should have broke out the brooms themselves and won game two in that series. And they didn't. They allowed three goals in the third period to Ohio State. So again, my question back to you, Eric, is was there something that broke down? What ultimately went wrong that allowed the Buckeyes to get three goals in the final frame? It uh, nothing really broke down in my mind. So, you know, looking at injuries as well, game two against Michigan, you lose Connor McMenamin. So now you're down Ben Schoen, whose season is done. You lose McMenamin in that game. You've already been without Ryan Kerwin since game two against RIT. You're missing some pretty big forwards uh, that play valuable roles on this team. So you go into Friday night in Columbus. Whenever Penn State and Ohio State play, they are tough, hard-nosed hockey games. Both teams play very similar styles. They're both extremely well-coached. Guy Gadowski has tremendous respect for Steve Rollick, the head coach for Ohio State, and what he's done with that program. They bring in really good players. They have an identity, and they stick to it. They have really good goaltending and Jakob Dobesh. And when these two teams play, you got to fight for every bit of ice that you're going to get and every bit of uh, opportunity that you're going to get. So, you know, Friday night, it's a tie game in the third period. 
Penn State scores with two minutes and 20 seconds left. Kevin Wall with a great goal on Jakob Dobesh from you know just inside the blue line, the top of the slot. Now Penn State goes up 3-2, holds on for the win. Night two, another back and forth game. Both teams getting quality opportunities. Both goaltenders making some really good saves. Oh, and I forgot to mention Friday night, Noah Grannon gets the start, gets his first Big Ten victory uh, of his young career. Night two, they go to Liam Soulier. That was planned. Going into that weekend, that Granin would start game one and Soulier would start game two. Soulier, after you know the tough weekend at Michigan, played a phenomenal hockey game. He made really big saves. And then it's a tie game again late in the third period. This time, Ohio State gets that late goal with about five minutes left. A really nice redirect in front from a, a shot from the half wall. Soulier really had no chance on it. And now Ohio State's up 3-2 versus Penn State up 3-2 the night before. It ends up 4-2 because they hit an empty net uh, goal at the end. That's just the way it goes down between Penn State and Ohio State, to be honest. It's tough. You know, that was before Saturday night, six straight one-goal games between those two teams. So it always comes down to the end, and really in Columbus, it always comes down to what seems like the last five minutes that what's going to decide those games. And Friday night, Penn State lost Jared Crespo, who had been playing excellent hockey, being paired with Carter Shade. Uh, Both of them, the young freshmen, were playing extremely well. So they were down another defenseman who's been playing really important minutes. They're beat up right now. And it's really important that the bye week is this week. They can try to get rested, get a couple guys back, hopefully for the Minnesota series coming up in Pagula. But I don't look at it as, you know, Things went wrong. They had breakdowns or anything like that. I think two weekends in a row, you're playing really good teams. And sometimes you're going to win those games and sometimes you're going to lose those games, but they're still in a really good spot. And that's why we bring you on as the expert, Eric. Uh, you know that. So don't hit the panic button. Is what the consensus should be here, and not well. You know they they were one and three in those four games. No, that's and yeah. these are also very good teams. And as you, I was going to bring up the bye week. You beat me to it. Uh, but yes, Penn State does have number one Minnesota in Pagula uh, in a couple not not necessarily a couple of weeks, but in a week and some change here. That uh, that following Friday, the seventeenth and the eighteenth. Uh, Penn State number five in the pairwise. Uh, Eric, your your thought here as we uh, this episode is going to go up Tuesday, February seventh. Uh, it there shouldn't be any concern that Penn State could miss out on an at large bid. You know, winning the big Big Ten tournament would be nice. It's the team's goal. Um, but with all that loaded with that loaded bracket, uh, is an at large bid pretty secure at this point with the way things are trending? Yeah, I, I think it is. If you win one of those games against Minnesota, it becomes a lock at that point. Um, if you happen to get swept by Minnesota, you have Wisconsin to finish up with. You got to take care of business there. But I think the only way Penn State doesn't make the tournament as an at-large bid, you'd have to you know, get swept by Minnesota, get swept by Wisconsin, and then probably get swept in the first round of the Big Ten tournament um, to, to really put yourself on the bubble of that. I think they've built up enough equity with where they're standing right now that they're really just one win away from securing that at-large bid. And then, more importantly, they're fighting for points. I mean, the Big Ten standings are so incredibly tight right now. Four teams are tied at 30 points. It's a race for second right now. Ohio State and Michigan have played two fewer games than Penn State and Michigan State. So they're at a little bit of a disadvantage right now. you got to get as many points as you can. And then Notre Dame is sitting four points behind everyone else. 
in sixth place right now. So it's really tough sledding down the stretch. Every point matters. You'd love to try to find at least one win against Minnesota, get those three points, take care of business uh, in the last home series against Wisconsin, and hope you've earned a, a first-round home series in yeah. that uh, first round of the Big Ten tournament instead of having to go on the road. Eric Olson, Penn State men's hockey color commentator, joining us here Unlocked on Nittany Lions. Eric, uh, how would you like people to keep up with your personal work and anything that Penn State men's ice hockey does? Where can they check all that out? Yeah, I mean, you can uh, you know follow me on Twitter to uh, check out what we're doing um, mm-hmm. you know, for home games. Uh, certainly check out the, the team social media as well for home games. Uh, if it's a win or a close loss, we do a post-game video recap that uh, gets posted online, uh, myself alongside Brian Tripp. And uh, yeah, you know, any type of social media can keep up with what we have going on. All right. And of course, Go PSU Sports is a great hub too, uh, as well, so that they can listen to you and Brian when you go on the call, if they're streaming it, and then the local radio stations in the State College area. Eric, I appreciate it as always. I can't wait for a conversation uh, about Minnesota when that rolls around. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thanks again for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. You got to check out the brand new podcast, and that is Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions on YouTube. Thanks so much for getting the channel over 850 subscribers. Let's get to 900 before the NFL draft. That's the new goal and i really appreciate the support more in-depth previews of position groups coming up wide receivers still to go on the offense and then we'll flip it over onto the defense and it'll all be right here on locked on nittany lions